Section 1 of A Minor War History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Minor War History by Martin Alonzo Hayes. Letters 1, 2, and 3. 1. Camp Union, Concord. April 28, 1861. If you could look in on this scene, you would rate it about as good a comedy as we ever took in at Bidwell and Marston's. I'm writing on a rough board table, and right opposite me, the fellow who has set up as company barber, is skinning a poor victim alive. I don't think he is much of a barber, and from the spasmodic and at times profane remarks of the patriot he is practicing on, I gather that I am not alone in that opinion. I've been very busy this week, and have hardly had time to write the letters I promised Farnsworth for the American, but I'm going to give you a little idea of the routine of camp life. We're in camp on the Merrimack County Fairgrounds, across the river from the city. Our barracks are rough board buildings with ample ventilation through a thousand cracks. One continuous bunk, bedded with straw, extends along one side. Into this we tumble at night wrapped in our thick army blankets, warm and cozy, and go to sleep after about so much laughing and joking and blackguarding. The drum beats to marshal us to our meals, and each company falls into line, single file. At the command we march around by the commissary stand, each man as he passes, helping himself to plate and dipper with rations upon them. I've seen richer food and more comprehensive bill of fare, but it is all right and there is plenty of it. Fish hash, and I always did like fish hash, bread, white and brown, pickles, coffee, no butter, no condiments, but the whole outfit seems to agree with me, and I never was in better health and spirits in my life. There are now about 550 men here in camp, over 240 from Manchester. It is a rattling, jolly crowd, and there is something doing about all the time. At night we gather around the campfires and amuse ourselves with songs and stories and batonage until nine o'clock when tattoo sounds and we tumble into our bunk as many as are needed are detailed each night to stand guard i've had one round at it routed out of my warm nest at one o'clock in the morning and posted at the main gate of the camp it was very cold and every star was out with a broad grin as i paraded up and down with a ten-pound musket on my shoulder I shall try to get leave to run down to Manchester Saturday and stop over Sunday. I want to see my sister. We have not got our uniforms yet. We all expected to have them by the last of the week, so hardly anybody brought any change of clothing. I borrowed a collar of Cochrane, WHD, until I could send home for wardrobe supplies. We've got to go to church at Concord this afternoon in a body. There are lots of Manchester folks here today, and I have to stop every minute and shake hands with some friend who comes along. Kelly's, Captain John L., recruits came up yesterday. I met them as I was going to the city. Jim Atherton was among them. He brought me lots of things from my friends. Pasty from Mother, a mince pie from Mrs. Courier, a pincushion from Augusta Courier, and a great big sugar heart from Mrs. Logue. Bless your dear old Irish soul. Address Camp Union, Company A, Concord, New Hampshire. 2. Camp Union, May 1st, 1861. Am writing in great haste to let you know that the Guard are going to Portsmouth this afternoon 
to join the second regiment under tom pierce we get away in a hurry in order to get position on the right of the regiment if we can i will write to you in a day or two by sunday sure shall run back to manchester before we go to the war direct letters to abbot guard portsmouth three camp constitution portsmouth may fifth eighteen sixty one received a letter from you a few moments before the company left concord enclosing a note from sally shepherd and a fine picture of yourself i don't think however it is quite as good as the one i have with me in a little round velvet case the second regiment are quartered in an old rope walk four or five hundred feet long and about eighteen feet wide our bunks extend along each side with a walk through the centre and a rack over our heads to place our muskets in our quarters and food are much better than they were at concord there are now five companies here all of us raw recruits fast enough but the guard are just conceited enough to imagine their military education is a little more advanced than that of the other fellows you know we've been sworn in almost three weeks and naturally know it all there was a little friction night before last a guard from the great falls company was posted around the quarters and word got around that they were acting mighty cocky they would not let our men even pass around in the yard where they had a perfect right to go i had had no intention of leaving the quarters that night but was determined not to be cooped up that way so i recruited two desperate outlaws and we ran the guard and went over to the city there we ran across our orderly sergeant george w gordon and he was as mad as we were at a late hour we marched back to camp when the guard at the outer gate hollered whoa there and tried to block our way we upset him and went right along we didn't get a proper challenge down the whole line but there was a succession of wild calls for the officer of the guard the last i heard as i passed into the barracks was the assurance of the officer to a sentry who had narrated his tale of woe that the manchester boys were right that a proper challenge would doubtless have been heeded and saved all trouble our boys are all pleased with portsmouth but are afraid we shall not be ordered away as soon as if we had stayed in concord there are many points of interest here the navy yard where eleven hundred men are employed fitting out three large war vessels and the forts down the harbor where they are putting in garrisons and mounting heavy guns nicholas biglin alias heenan one of our boys had a thumb badly crushed in showing how strong he was up at the arsenal there arose a big iron cannon relics of the war of eighteen twelve resting on each end of the blocks heenan lifted an end of one of these which was quite a feat but his grin of triumph faded out when he let the gun back smash on to one thumb i received to-day a very welcome present from the manchester high school a splendid waterproof blanket john johnson is the committee to distribute similar favors among the m h s boys in camp here i'm detailed for guard and my round commences soon you need have no fear that i shall not run up to manchester before leaving here end of section number one